trust and believe that God has given me a word for this hour, for this day. I know it's, super, I'm not Super Bowl Sunday, but it's first Sunday in the NFL. A lot of y'all can stay home and watch the games, but I'm glad that I'm amongst brothers and sisters that love Jesus Christ. Just enough to come back to his house and give him a, just one more, Lord, I thank you. Just one more, Lord, I love you. It's good to be in the house where people would like such faith. Um, go ahead and get into the word. If you can, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. I have two scriptures that I'm going to be reading out of. Isaiah 55. If I can get three people to say they and pray for me while I'm preaching tonight. I'm not nervous, but this is an honor to stand behind this pulpit. I know what type of word that y'all get, and I'm just honored and humbled to be asked to come in the stead of my pastor. Isaiah 55, starting at verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the righteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon Abundantly, abundantly pardon. Thank God. He abundantly pardon. If you could turn with me to Luke, the 16th chapter. We're going to do a little reading here. I ain't going to be able to leave here and say, I ain't got a word. I'm going to read a little bit. If y'all don't mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Here we go. Luke chapter 16, beginning at the 19th verse. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus his evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there, are, there is a great gulf fixed, 
so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that I would ascend him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify unto him, to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, Thy have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went from the dead, they will repent. Let me hear the church say, They will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither would they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Lord God, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to touch me, Lord God. I'm a willing vessel, Lord God, that your word may flow through, Lord God, to edify your body and your saints this evening, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Bless my words, bless my mind, give me clarity of speech, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, let your spirit fall in this place. Let your anointing, hallelujah, rest upon this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may please be seated, please. Thank you, Lord. I come to you tonight with a title, my message. Coming from the 27th verse, it says, then, then he said, I pray thee, Father, that they will send him to my father's house. The topic I'd like to share this evening is a prayer request from hell. A prayer request from hell. I come before you tonight with some good news. And some bad news. Me having a microphone, I get to choose this one I want to share with you first, so I don't get to decide this evening. But the good news is God came down 42 generations and became a man to walk this earth to become a living sacrifice, an acceptable sacrifice. Holy, spotless without blame, pure and holy. Like the song said that I sang earlier, pure and holy, sacrifice, tried and true. He was tempted in every manner, in every aspect of life that we are, saints, but yet without sin. And he had this life, and he, he walked this life, and he showed us how to love one another, to treat each other, to deal with sicknesses and griefs and all types of things that he dealt with that we deal with today, but with power and demonstration. I'm glad that I'm a part of a church that believes in not just the word, but in word and deed. We, can, we have the gifts of the spirit in operation. We have all that we need. We are equipped by the spirit of God. And I thank God that Jesus came to show us how to, to, to demonstrate this love, this kindness. He came, he read his throne in glory. And took on the form of a servant to be beaten and spit upon and to take upon all the wrath that we should have, that we was worthy of. 
but he took it on our behalf. And I thank God for that because I don't know if I could have took somebody spit in my face or somebody beat my back. I would have had it if I, if I was in that day. They probably would have did, and I'm, I'm worthy of that. But I thank God that he came and did it in my place. Now, the bad news is, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 23 and 22, for a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set a fire to the foundations of the mountains. Here we see a God that is holy, that is lovely, that is loved, that have all these wonderful attributes, but one of his attributes don't cancel out the other. He is a holy God and a just God and is perfect in all his ways, but he's a just God. Meaning when we sin against him, something has to be done about that. He cannot let sin go unpunished, cannot let sin go undetested. If he do, he's, he, he would be dethroned. He would not be a just God. But he made a provision through his son and put all his wrath upon him. But now if we don't take advantage of that opportunity, the wrath will fall upon you. The Bible says, Jesus says in Luke 12 and 15, he and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the things, in the abundance of things which he possesses. And then he went on and told the parable about a rich fool. And Jesus called him a fool. I'm not calling him a fool, but he said, I have plenty. My barns are stocked for years. I can take my ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But the Bible says that he said, thy fool, your soul will be required of thee this night. This night. He thought that he could just take his ease because he had plenty. The Bible speaks of the deceitfulness of riches. We have to understand, he said, in his, fire, in his anger, he will melt the foundations of the mountains. And he said, of all hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. And as a garment, they shall perish. Thy shall endure, but all them shall be folded up like a garment. We have to wear this world like a loose garment, child. We can't hold on to the, the, the things that this world offers. We cannot take it with us. That is not going to be worth anything in heaven, anything in glory. And, 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 and the only reason I'm talking about possessions a little bit, because I have to do justice to the text, is he's talking about a rich man here. And it is a touchy topic. I don't like to talk about money, but it ain't about money. Money is not evil. Being rich is not evil. It's the love of money that's evil. It's the root of all evil. And those who coverage after it, the Bible says those who will be rich pierce themselves through with many sorrows and many foolish temptations, earn from the faith. But he says, lay a hold to eternal life. And, I, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to use this poor pit as a means of any political uh, philosophy or my own theology as far as what you do with your money, that's fine. If you got a nice 401k, God bless you. If you got a nice high-paying job, God bless you. Personally, I know more broke people that covered out the money more than rich people. They, 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 they wish they had it more than the ones that do have it. But you have to, you have to 
know how to handle it right. You have to be a good steward of what God gives you. And the reason why I'm touching on it so much because we're trying to build us here a church. Some folks got next days that they hold a little too tight to. Some of y'all, are, y'all need to give unto the Lord so he can, he will give it back to you, press down, shaking together, running over. And, and men will give unto your bosom, but if you hold on to it, God bless you, you have your reward. We're trying to build a temple here, a house of refuge where people can come from the sin-sick world and find a place where people will love them and a word, a true word, that will make it from here to glory. In the story of Lazarus, there is three different phrases in the story. There's life, there's death, and there's the afterlife. The Lord impressed on my heart. I, 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 this, 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 this prayer bro always intrigued me because of the response back and forth between Lazarus, between the rich man and Abraham. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple. Back in those ancient days, purple was a very expensive color. It came from a shellfish that once worked would give you one, one drop of dye. And for him to wear purple every day, he had it like that, y'all. He, he wore purple every, every day and fared sumptuously. And the Bible says there was a beggar named Lazarus that was laid at his gate, full of sores, full of sores. And he desired to be fed just with the crumbs off of the rich man's table. Now, the Bible really doesn't say if the man got the crumbs or not. But I know one thing, the, the poor man died. And I want to tell you that too many, nothing, nothing really can last off of a crumb diet. If you give all your energy to your job and you give all your energy to, 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 to your entertainment and to all these other things and then try to give God's what's left, your relationship will die. You, you, you spend all your money on the things that you want as far as entertainment and going out and doing all this and doing all that, the things that please you, but when you come and they pass the collection plate, you throw a dollar or two in there, those are crumbs. And, and that, you, you can't survive off a crumb diet. The Lord, he, 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 he desires more of us. Mind, body, and soul. Serve him with your heart, your mind, your body, soul, your substance. And if we try to just give him crumbs, how, how can he bless that? He called, the Bible calls you a thief. You're a ri- would, a, would a man rob God? It's his. Here in the book of Luke, starting at the 15th, the chapter before, he talks about the prodigal son. He deals with a son wanting his inheritance. And he wanted to spend it the way he wanted to. He wanted to live the way he wanted to. And scrawnly, but the God, thank God in his mercy. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And thank God that son came back. But Jesus talking to the same crowd earlier in the same chapter, he was talking to the Pharisees, and he talked about a steward. And the man had been a steward, scrounded all his, his master's money. 
And in that story, Luke records how he took another man's possession and did what he wanted with it. But here in this parable, we see that the rich man is taking his own and living selfishly. You have people outside your gate that you don't even consider or even worry about his well-being. Here we see a great need and a great opportunity to serve. It's so close, but so far apart. We have a great need out in this world. They need to hear this gospel truth. They need to hear that there is a way out of sin. They need to hear that taking your own life is not the answer. They need to hear selling your body and selling drugs is not the way to eat. They need to hear these things. But we, we shut ourselves behind our own gates and in this house where we get good meals, we get good food, we feast on the word of God constantly. But the people that's outside dying outside the gate, we're not sharing nothing, not even crumbs with them. We have to be good stewards of what God gave us, y'all. And the Bible says it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into the Abraham's bosom. But the rich man died and was buried. In those days, the, the poor people, they would throw in a place called Gehenna, which was the city's garbage dump which was southwest of Jerusalem. It used to be a place called Tophet that Josiah turned into the city dump. That's where kings like Isaiah and, and, and Manasseh let their children pass through the fire until a god named Molech. And jo, jo, uh, Josiah came and turned into the city dump, let it burn. The Bible said it burned day and night, constantly, constantly, constantly. Don't you know when you have those areas in your life where you used to do idolatrous things, you need to count those things as dumb, as waste, and put that stuff off. Let it burn. Leave it. Leave it behind you. You have to deal with those things in those areas. But here it is. They probably threw this man in a, in a, in a garbage dump, and a rich man probably had a beautiful burial. People that came and ate at his table daily with all those feasts and parties that he had probably talked all day long about how generous he was and how, how, uh, uh, how prestige he was and how he had it going on. But the Bible says he lifted up his eyes in hell. And the Bible doesn't say anything about him being an immoral man or him having orgies or him gambling or him drinking and smoking. It doesn't say anything about his, his status as far as him and God. But it does say that he lifted his eyes up in hell. And being in torments, he seen Abraham afar off and called unto him, Father Abraham. And that right there would have got all these Pharisees' attention that Jesus was talking to. The Pharisees in that day had a theology of like these prosperity gospel preachers these days. If you got all these things, God is blessing you, you're, you're favored by God, and God's hand is all over you. They, 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 they was those who loved money. Earlier in the chapter, the 13th verse says, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. And Jesus said, you are they who justify yourselves. And the things that is highly esteemed of men is detestable. It's an abomination to God. 
And these Pharisees, they had their way of suiting up and looking apart, wouldn't worry about the, the people they're supposed to be ministering to. They're taking all their wealth and stuff and bringing it to them. They set up uh, t- uh, marketplaces in the temple so they can make grain, gain off of it. And they did that so they could have this prestige, this type of elitism around the people of God. But here it is, Jesus said, a rich man calling out to Abraham, Father. It, 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 it knocked them Pharisees off. They, off the, they, they was just appalled because they believed, for one, them being children of Abraham, they had a one-way ticket to heaven. They thought because they was the descendants, by the, according to the flesh, that they had a monopoly on heaven and God and the things of God. So for Jesus to tell them, he opened up his eyes and hell got their attention. And he asked, Father, can you just please send Lazarus over and just dip his finger in some water and just to cool my tongue? Right here, you get somewhat of a glimpse of this man's attitude. He didn't care about Lazarus' real being at all. If Lazarus would have came over there, he would have got burned up too. He wanted Lazarus to, to forfeit his comfortability just for a small relief of his own. Send him to me as if he was a peasant or some type of, some type of uh, running boy or something like that. Send him to me so that I can have some type of relief. And Abraham told him, Nay, son, remember you, you had your good things. You had your good things. But now Lazarus is comforted. And I want to tell you right now, be careful how you treat Lazarus. Be tr- careful how you treat that person you meet in the street. And, I, and I'm not, now, before, I, I don't want you to think that every person, a beggar that you see, you got to give money to. If, if that was the case, you know, the people that stand on the side of the highway, we all be on our way to hell if we, we keep passing them up. But we have to show some type of compassion. And not just with substance. Give them a word. Tell them that you love them. Tell them God love them. Show them that you love them. Here it is that he lifted up his eyes in hell and and, and he he cried out for relief. He finally said, notice that he couldn't get none. Abraham said, it's a golf fix. And I like to believe right here, it says, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. I believe Lazarus was enough of a saint that probably said, let me go over there. Let me help him out. No matter what he done to me, let me, let me help him out. I'll I, I go. He said those who would go over there, they cannot. They cannot. And then he said those who will come from your from your." Your predicament can't come to the table. To, to the, to the, they, they was having a, a banquet, y'all. They was having a feast where Abraham and Lazarus was. And then he said, then. Then he said, like, okay, it's fixed. The golf is fixed. I can't do nothing about it. He, 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 he accepted his punishment. And he said, then I pray thee. I pray thee that you would send him to my father's house. 
I pray thee that you will send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify unto them. What would be Lazarus' testimony? What would be your testimony? What is Lazarus' testimony? The Bible says that he was a beggar. Somebody dumped him off at a rich man's gate to get some crumbs, some scraps, some garbage. Full of sores. But here in this parable, Jesus did something that he normally didn't do. Some people dispute that this is a parable. Some people say it's a real life story. Because he uses names. And he gives this man a name. His name is Lazarus, which is a form of the Hebrew name Eleazar, which means God is my help. I believe that was his testimony, y'all. God is my help. No matter what my predicament may seem, no matter, no matter what I'm going through physically, emotionally, God is my help. I believe that, thank you, Jesus. I believe that his testimony was God is my help. Whether if he heal me or if he don't, God is my help. Though this outward man may perish, my inward man may profit more and more and increase by the mercy of God. I thank God that God is my help. That's my testimony. That's all I have. Nothing, none of my own goodness, not my, my works, nothing is worth anything. The only thing that I have was being baptized in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Receiving the gift of, the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Those that's not mine, that's come from God. And if it wasn't for God helping me, seeing me in my need, looking past my faults, and reaching and grabbing me out of sin. Reaching me and grabbing me while I was sinking. The Bible say love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By love he drew me. Love and kindness. I thank Jesus. I thank you Lord. He said send him to testify to my brothers. And he said no. Abraham told him nah. No. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. I was reading, the Bible says that most people quote it as God give every man a measure of faith. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God give every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. The measure of faith is like a ruler stick. Something that you can bring what you believe to and, and measure to make sure it's the right thing. Make sure you lined up with the measure that faith is supposed to be and that is the word of God not opinions not not philosophies not what a school teacher may say not what the college and educational halls of academia may say but the word of God they have them let them hear them and the word here there is a Greek word name it's, it's, it's uh, akuho which where we get the word acoustic to mean hear, heed, or understand. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, and with all you're getting, get understanding. I know people that can quote Bible and quote scriptures all day long, but don't have an understanding of them. And that's how this man ended up in hell. He, he, he was a religious person. I believe hell is going to be filled with religious people, but they have a knowledge or a wisdom of it, but they don't have an understanding. They didn't hear what the Spirit was saying. 
through the word of God. But he said, nay, Father Ham, but if one went from the dead, they will repent. They will repent. And I, I see right here is a key to show you why that rich man was in hell. He had an unrepentant heart. He, he thought that because he had it going on in the way that the Pharisees was teaching that in them days, you're blessed, you're fine, you're Abraham's seed, you're blessed. You, you have the promise. Your, the promise is sure. But he said, no, please send them to my brothers. And, and that shows that his brothers knew Lazarus because they would know him. If, if, if a man show up that they know that was dead, hey, that's, that's Lazarus. That was at the gate. So that means it was six rich people that would walk over him daily outside of the gate without showing any type of compassion to him. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophet, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And when I read the scripture and I think about it, Jesus had a friend named Lazarus that was dead for four days, stinking. And some of the same Pharisees that he was talking to and told this story was probably present when he told them, Lazarus, come forth. And when that man came out from the dead, the same ones that probably heard the story, they didn't repent. Their heart was so, had them so deceived, they, they went on a plot to kill Lazarus and Jesus. He said, but they will be persuaded if one rose from the dead. I told you I'm not going to be before you long, but my message is the prayer request from hell. Out of hell, out of all the torments that he was dealing with, the flames, the father, the will, and the gnashing of teeth, he took just a moment of time just to pause and say, send Lazarus to my brothers that they may not come to this place of torment. And us, have a church, we have a commission from the Lord Jesus Christ to go into all, to all the nations preaching the gospel. And here we get complacent and sit on these pews and sing our songs and, and we, we live and feel some good and our hair on our back stand up and we feel the presence of God and we go home, we go to work and we don't tell nobody about Jesus. Nobody. We cross people every day that's down and seeing you see the world of this, this, this fallen nature is beating them up and you have truth and you don't share the gospel with them. If the commission of Jesus Christ is not enough to convince you to go out there and tell somebody about Jesus, hear a prayer request from hell. A man screaming up, please tell my brothers. Please tell my father. Please tell my sister, don't come here. Hell is real. Some people don't like to preach about hell anymore. Some people don't like to touch on that. You know, they, they rather talk about, you know, butterflies and rainbows and different things like that. That's fine. That have its place. But I'm telling you, it's a place, it's a judgment coming. It's a judgment coming. The wrath of God is going to be poured out. And I thank God that we're not appointed to that wrath. I used to always talk to some young people and ask them, are you saved? Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Saved from what? What are, what are you saved from? Raise your hand. How many people are saved in this place? 
What are you saved from? Is it the devil, this green person, this red person that walk around with horns? Is that who you're saved from? Are you saved from yourself? Are you saved from suicide or drugs? Or, you know, th those are things that Jesus delivers us from. But salvation, we are saved from the wrath of God. We are saved from, from punishment that we should, we are worthy of. But Jesus took that punishment. That's the good news, y'all. Jesus took that punishment upon himself on our behalf. But we don't share it with nobody. We go live in our lives day to day. Pass people. Talk to people. Half of y'all going to know all the games and the stats and, and, and the scores of all the games tomorrow. And talk about that with your buddies and exchange who, 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 who on your fantasy football got what and where you at in your league, but won't share the gospel with them. You think it'll jeopardize your friendship or your position at your job or, 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 or whatever. Maybe you don't have the boldness. And if you don't have the boldness, I, 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 I beg you to come down to this altar and get the Holy Ghost, get a refilling. Because some boldness come with that Holy Ghost. It, when, you, when you get it good and get, you know what you have, you have to tell everybody. The power that Jesus promised to give, it ain't just to speak in tongues. It ain't just to dance around and, 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 and the, the shake hands and come up here every once a week or whatever y'all come and say, oh, I got power, I live in this thing. But the Bible says you, you shall have power and receive power to be witnesses. Witnesses. If you got the Holy Ghost, how many people you witnessed to today, this week, this month, this year? You fool with that Holy Ghost. How many people you invited to church? How many? There's a world that's dying out there, going to Christless craze, and we stepping over them. The church is like that rich man. We, we got all our goods. God has blessed us. We got the Holy Ghost, but it's a world that's out there dying, and we're not doing any, showing no compassion. Not willing to take some of our time to reach and tell them it's a better way. There's life. I know somebody that came that, that came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Not that stuff that you, you, you won't find no fulfillment in drugs, money, alcohol, partying, partying, just living it up and all that other stuff. That stuff get old. It's emptiness. You'll find yourself worn out in time to pass you and you have nothing. No fulfillment, no purpose, no nothing. But I thank God that God came that he would give us life and give us that more abundantly. More abundantly. More abundantly. Anybody got more abundant life in this place? Might not have a million bucks, but I have life. His promise is sure. Soul secure. Right now, I want to invite you down to this altar. And give an opportunity to cry out to God. First of all, to repent. I know we played a prayer of repentance earlier.
We have a lot of things in our hearts that's, that's covered up. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. The 21st century church, we, we, we get complacent because we didn't act upon that thought. We still good. But no, if you have that thought, that shows you that you need to repent. You still have work to do. You, you, still, have, you still have work that need to be done on you. And none of us is that, is that glory yet. We need God's hand to be on us. We need God's light from heaven to shine on me. And search me. Search me. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out, Lord, and strengthen me. I want to be right. Anybody want to be right here? I want to be saved. I want to be whole. We got to have that prayer. We, 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 we get on our knees and hit and ask amiss. God, I want this. I want that. Some of y'all got it written down the list. I want this, that, this, that. See, God, if you give it to me, everybody know how good you is, and I'm blessed. But you ask them to consume it on your own lust. But if you at least once a day go down in prayer and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and say, Lord, if you have mercy on a sinner like that, that man that smote his chest, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, if, if it's something that you didn't do that was brought to your attention. God, search my heart. Search me. And if you're willing to, get, to pray that prayer, the altar is open. But if you have not witnessed, if you not have told anybody in the past 72 hours, I'm, uh, two, the past week, about the love of God and his great salvation, Ask God for a refilling of the Holy Ghost and of boldness. Ask God for it. If you lack anything, ask them. Believe in the faith. He won't hold it from you. Shouldn't that be one of your desires? Is that one of your desires? It should be. If you have the Holy Ghost and saved from sin, you should want, I, I, I want to tell everybody about this. My enemies, anybody, I, I'll tell anybody. I know a man from Galilee. If you in sin, he has set you free. Do you know him? Do you know him this evening? And if there's anybody that is and haven't received that gift, the altar is open. I ask that you come right now and pray and ask God for mercy. Ask God, Lord, give me a mind to turn. Ask God to give you a spirit of boldness. We have a church to build, not just material things. We have people that we have to be able to handle when they come in here looking for hope. People. That's going to come out of some messed up situations. People that's running from the devil. Can they come to you? Can God trust you with that soul?
Some of y'all have peoples in your path. If you just share the gospel with them, they'll turn. You're the person you at least think, ah, oh, he ain't interested. You share the gospel with them, they be in here a, a mighty prayer warrior, an intercessor. But you haven't said anything to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help. Help, Lord. God is my help. I can't walk this journey alone. I need you, Lord. Need you to walk beside me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, send the wind of Pentecost. Revive us once again. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Search me, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Desperate for you. Desperate for you. 